Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along. Question, are you a consumer Christian? Is your church a consumer church? What do I mean by this? This will be a challenging message, I hope, for today, and one that can help us as believers distinguish ourselves from the world. And indeed, we have a tension. We're to become all things to all men, but we're not to be of the world. Let's go ahead and look at some verses here and see what the Scripture says. In Second or First Peter chapter two, verse ten. Typo there. First Peter chapter two, verse ten. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellences excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Brothers and sisters, this is our identity. This is what it means to be part of the church of the living God. We are part of God's people. This is what the word church means. It's the word ecclesia literally means a called out group. We're God's group. We're God's people. We're God's community. Call it God's team if you want. Call it God's, uh, uh, who he hangs out with, shall we say. We are the people of God. This is our identity. And we're called out of the world to be followers of Jesus Christ. We're called out of the world to be holy people, people set apart, people chosen by God, people who walk in as a royal priest. That's who we are. That's who you are. I want to encourage you today to live up to that identity, to understand that you are special in the eyes of God. You're not a mediocre person. You're not just an average person. You're a person who is created in the image of God, and God has purposes for you. You're not a Christian by accident. And in the midst of this, God calls us, although we are called like this, we're still in the world, and the truth is we are to be in the world, but we're not to be of the world. This is what Jesus prayed for us in John 17, his high priestly prayer, the last prayer that we have recorded of his. He prayed that though that he was going, he was leaving, but we were going to still be in the world. And so he asked the Father to protect us from the evil one, and he asked that we would not be of the world. In other words, we would have a different identity. We'd march to a different drummer. We'd have a different calling. We'd stand out as lights in the midst of a dark, perverse generation that's getting darker and darker, that we would stand out and be bright, and we'd be lights, and we'd be different. We could be seen as the people of God in the world, but not of the world. And yet, Paul warns us And he challenges us, he he picks up on this theme and he challenges us not to be conformed to the world. Romans 12, verse 2, he tells us, and do not be conformed to this world. Or one translation that I like says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Don't let the world pressure you to be like itself. Sometimes that squeezing can be quite obvious, and sometimes that squeezing can be quite subtle. We don't even realize how we're being squeezed into the world's mold. So don't be conformed to this world, he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind 
so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. This is something that each of us needs to accept that challenge individually, and we need to accept that challenge corporately as the people of God, as the church of God. We live in a culture that has become extremely consumer-oriented. You know that. Advertising is a huge, huge, huge business. Advertising and sales make things go. Our economy here in America, we have a strong economy, strongest economy in the history of the entire world built on a, on a consumer basis. We consume information. We consume food. We consume items. We consume big ticket items, they call them. We consume little things. We consume and we expect to be uh, to get good customer service. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with uh, that per se. I'm, I'm, well, let's put it this way. That's not my message today. My message is, has this bled over into the church? Has it bled over into the church? That as Christians, we go to church and expect to be served. We expect good customer service because we view ourselves as customers subtly no one would say that that you're going to the church as a customer but we have we we don't learn how to be un, uh, not conformed to the world and we walk into our church maybe with the same mindset we'd walk into a restaurant or into a store or something like this where we'd expect them to be were there to be served brothers and sisters we don't go to church to be served Let me say it again. We don't go to church to be served. We go to church to worship God. We go to church to honor God. We go to church to be encouraged in the faith. We go to church to be challenged in our faith. We go to church to be admonished in our life, warned about the way we're living. We go to church to get refocused on on how not to be defiled by the world, how not to be conformed to this world. That's why we go to church each week. And might I add, that's why we come here on this YouTube channel each day, to help us not be conformed, to help us be admonished, taught, instructed, inspired, to be the people that God calls us to be, rather than to be conformed to this world and be in the world and of the world. I've often contended that the church in our life, in my lifetime, I've seen the church learn to follow the culture. It's not entirely bad, but we should be warned about something here. Much of the New Testament was written at a time when Christians needed to meet privately. They were under persecution. They often met in homes. They often had uh, just, they knew everyone there in the house. They were worshiping there. Other times they'd meet publicly in the temple. There were times that early in Jerusalem, early in Jerusalem where there were thousands of believers, and so I'm sure there was a big gathering of teaching, but they also met house to house. In our culture, it seems like in my lifetime, we've kind of gone from churches that, uh, shall, we, shall we say, reflect the consumer culture we're in, and I, I sometimes think of this as stores. Years ago, we had the small mom-and-pop stores, grocery stores, hardware stores, whatever. You'd walk in, and the the owner of the store might be in there, and he might know you by name. 
He might know what you need. He, he might know the things you normally get. He might be able to guide you to exactly what you you need in the store. If it's a hardware store, for instance, you could count on him to know the part you need and guide you right to it. In time, our stores went to, you know, the big box stores, the Walmart, the Home Depot, the the uh, stores like this, and then the shopping malls, places that had everything you could possibly want, everything you could possibly want, and yet uh, nobody knew you. You went in and out. If you if you changed stores, nobody would know it. If you couldn't find what you really wanted, someone might help you, someone might not. You were assumed it was a, based entirely on your initiative to go there and find what you wanted, but they had everything you could possibly want. And indeed, then we kind of came to the place where we got everything through Amazon and the online stores. And now you don't even need to go there. They come to you and they they uh, deliver what you want. And if you don't like it, you send it back. This past week, I was talking to someone who works in an Amazon facility out in, out, out in Indiana. And he told me Amazon, I, I, if I understand right, his facility get, processes 100,000 returns a day. I have, the more I thought about that, is that saying the, all of Amazon or that one facility or whatever? That's incredible level of dissatisfaction of sending things back. But has the church mimicked these things? Have we gone from the small mom-and-pop church where the pastor, he knew you? If you had a problem, you could call him, you could talk to him. If you're in the hospital, he'd be there. If you were sick, he'd be there. If you're struggling in your family, he was available. He would be, he'd love you, he'd care for you, he'd pray for you. He was, uh, you, were, you were a spiritual family and you felt involved and you felt, you felt like if you weren't there, you were noticed that you weren't there and someone cared about you. In time, we kind of had the mega church. The mega churches are like that shopping mall. They've got everything, everything you could possibly want, no matter segment who you are, single mom, single dad, kids programs, this age, that age, uh, businessmen, uh, camping this and uh, divorce care and, and grief care, all these wonderful programs, all these wonderful programs, and you go and you pick and choose, but sometimes you wonder, do you ever do you get lost in the mix? I don't know. I've never really been part of a mega church, but do you get lost in the mix? Do you really, do, do people know you? Who's discipling you? Who's really leading you? Are you just part of a program? I don't know. And then it seems like we've gone to today where more and more people are just doing church online. And they're saying as long as they consume information or hear good teaching or watch some good worship music online. That's it. I want to suggest we do this online. We come here, we get in the Word of God every single day, but this is not meant to be a replacement for church. This is not meant to be a replacement for fellowship. This is not meant to be a replacement for being part of a spiritual family where you see people face-to-face. This can complement, this can help, this can supplement, this can be a, a form of teaching and instruction. But we all need that personal involvement, and we all need the, the community that God has given us and, and has for us in Scripture, that we see modeled in Scripture. We're social people. The commandment of God, the two great commandments, that we love God with all our hearts, soul, mind, strength, and we love one another. By this all men will know you're my disciples. If you have love for one another, John 13. And indeed, you can't really do that thoroughly online. Uh, 
I don't know if you can do that in a megachurch. I think we do that as we really discover a depth of community. How does this relate to us? There is no perfect church. You know the old line, the joke, if you find a perfect church, don't join it because you'd ruin it. There is no perfect church. It's made up of imperfect people who are seeking to worship God, to follow Jesus Christ, to grow together, to teach and admonish one another, to love one another, to pray for one another, encourage one another, support one another, stand firm with one another as we build Christian community. And that, my friends, is important. Let's make sure that as in a consumer culture, we're not too critical. We're not too asking, is this meeting my needs? If not, I'm going to go somewhere else. Maybe I'll find an online Amazon Christian church that can just have what I need by seven o'clock tonight at the push of a button. That's not the Christian life. It calls us to sacrifice. It calls us to love. It calls us to be there for one another. It calls us primarily to be like Jesus, who came to serve, not be served. That's what we do when we love one another. We serve and we give ourselves to one another. Let's have that in our churches. Let what I do supplement, encourage, and exhort you to that. Let online resources help you with that. But make sure whatever kind of church you're in, you're really developing Christian community and growing in Christian love. Father in heaven, we thank you for calling us to be part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, we confess that we were once were not a people, but now we're the people of God. We're holy people. We're called to be in the world, reaching out to the world, but never to be of the world and conform to its image. Help us understand, Lord, ways that this can happen and we don't even see it. Make us sensitive to ways that we are subtly expecting our churches to serve us the way a fine restaurant would. Help us to be people who serve and don't just look to be served. We pray that we would give and we'd plant seed in one another. We pray, Lord, I today in our churches, Lord, I know we'll be taught and we'll worship, but help us also have a spirit to go and serve, we pray, and to give to others. And we pray this and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, you who come here regularly, I hope you are serving your church. I'm, I do this so you'll grow and be strong and be more than the, the average Christian. You'll be an extraordinary Christian. If you're new, I hope you join us regularly and you too become an extraordinary Christian by getting the impact, input of God's word in your life every single day. Invite your friends, encourage them to come. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to our channel. Share with your friends on your social media. Tell them a church. Tell somebody at church today something you learned from, um, from, this, uh, from this message today, okay? God bless you. I love you. And we will look forward to seeing you tomorrow as we continue in our series of questions students ask me on campus. God bless you. Bye-bye.